welcome you to worship with us right now as we celebrate the truth that Jesus Christ is our living hope. Thank you. 
might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 
celebrate your goodness, God. We celebrate the truth that your goodness is better than our goodness, God. That you provide everything that we need, Lord. And when we chose a life that separated us from you, God, you reached in and you provided a way back into relationship with the Father. Jesus, we worship you. We celebrate you. We glorify your name. You are worthy. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Morning. I hope you guys are doing great today. Uh, beautiful day, another day, uh, another good week, and I hope you're using your uh, good stuff from Sponge Outlet. Keep those hands nice and virus-free. I hope you're doing well. Um, hope hope uh, you're walking close to the Lord as we continue to move forward and uh, as we uh, worship, as we you know, open God's word today. Uh, how important is God's truth to us in a world of chaos? Uh, it is so important that we walk in the light uh, as Jesus is in the light and we stay right there close to him. It is so easy to get pulled uh, away or led astray or follow our own desires or, you know, just get sucked into the world. It's just so easy. The vacuum is so powerful. And if we're not if we're not staying in the Word of God, if we're not staying in this Word, keeping our head on the things of God, if we're not doing that, we're going to get sucked in. So I encourage you, read your Bibles, study your Bibles, learn from what Jesus says and what He, uh, what he gives us as far as the truth goes for daily living and for walking in Him. Well, a couple things going on I want to let you know about. We're collecting boxes for Operation Christmas Child, which is a Samaritan's Purse ministry. And these boxes will go all over the world. Um, boxes for boys and girls for Christmas. And um, hope that you will join us in being a part of that. If you want to be a part of that, let me know and uh, we'll get you a box, okay? And you can fill it up and bring it back. Trunk or Treat drive through. It's coming up on the 31st and uh, got a lot of response, a lot of a lot of positive response of people just can't wait to get out and do something. And uh, they know Halloween is going to be really weird this year because of COVID and everything. But um, we're going to provide a bag of candy for every child and a little drive through. And uh, so every kid will get some some candy this year, but it'll be safe. And uh, we'll use gloves and we'll use plenty of uh, hand sanitizer. And we'll just keep ourselves uh, clean and, and safe. And we will keep others safe as well. So that'll be fun Saturday, four to six. When the going gets tough, so we're talking about biblical people who face different things in life and how they handle those. And, and so the last four uh, sermons that we're in the middle of, this is week number three, we got one more next week, is what Jesus had to say about tough times, what Jesus said. Now we looked at Bible people and how they faced hard times, which is huge for us because it helps us understand, you know, like how we should go about tri trials. Like uh, what should our attitude be? What, how should we approach them? What, what should we think when they come our way? When things don't go the way we would like them to go, what do we do? And uh, so the Bible gives us lots of good information on how to, how to proceed in the midst of tribulation and trials and temptations and these bad things that happen to all of us, okay? But but we're trying to now close this series on when the going gets tough with what Jesus had to say specifically. 
Okay, what we do remember is uh, that James James said that there's three attitudes or three things that we need to think about when it comes to trials and tribulation and tough times in our life. And that is simply this. He said, consider it joy when they come. They're going to come. Many of them, variety of them are going to come from different angles and different ways, some more intensifying than others, some just basic daily trials that we all have to face, some a little deeper, maybe cancer, maybe disease, maybe sickness, maybe things that are much more uh, uh, serious. And we're going to all face these things. And, and he says they're going to come. So be ready for that. Consider a pure joy when they do. And the last thing he says is, is when they come, realize that they're completing you. They are they are working on your inner man, your inner woman. You're trying to, they're, they're going to, God's going to use them. He doesn't bring them upon you, but they're going to come because we live in this fallen world. He's going to use them to make you stronger and better and more committed and more faithful and more like Jesus and less like like a, a sinful human being. And that's what is happening. There's a transformation taking place in our lives, in the Word of God, as we draw near to God, as we draw near to Jesus. If you follow Him, He's trying to make us be more like Christ. And that means we got to let go of worldliness and fleshliness. And the way God does that is He uses a chisel and He hammers away on us. And it doesn't always feel good. It hurts. And it's painful and it's uncomfortable, but it's making us better. And so what we have determined is that Jesus said four things about tough times. The first thing Jesus said a couple weeks ago was that tough times are coming. They are going to come. Don't let anyone tell you that when you gave your life to Christ, life was going to be easy. That is not the truth. The truth is you live in a world that has been taken over by the enemy. He is the God of this age, and he is going to come after you, okay? So tough times, Jesus said, are going to come. You can bank on it, plan on it, prepare for it, brace yourself. The second thing Jesus says to us is some of these trials are going to try to destroy you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy so again, if, if people are telling you that being a Christian is, is, is all a, a big, gushy love fest with Jesus, they have lied to you. It is not that. Jesus clearly tells us throughout the scripture that the enemy is going to try to take you down. He hates God, and he hates anyone who is going to look up to God and follow Jesus. He's coming after you. So just again, be prepared. We have more than enough power to defeat the enemy in Jesus. If we remain in Jesus, if you go outside of Jesus, you are going to get pulverized. He is going to crush you. Okay. Only in Jesus is there any power to stand because it's Jesus in you that will defeat the enemy. That is the only way. You will not do it any other way. Well, the third thing today, Jesus, Jesus says to us in the midst of tough times, as we think about when the going gets tough, Jesus says to us, some people will not be nice. Some people will not be nice. Now, I, I worded this in a very kind, polite, gentle way, but I could have used some other words that would have really got the point across a little bit more, 
with a little more force, but I wanted to say it in a way that is proper and uh, nice. But the bottom line is there is nothing nice about what the enemy is doing through people against you and against Christians and against God and against anyone who stands for anything that is right and true and would be considered a morality or a standard. In the end, some people will not be nice. So I don't, you know, I really don't have to, shouldn't have to expound on this a lot. Like, right? We, 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 I mean, we don't, we don't have to go far in our world. Just look at the latest news headlines. Look at some of the pictures that you see on, on your, uh, on your Facebook or on um, the news, Yahoo, Google, wherever, whatever news you're looking at. Just look at some of the pictures, and you will begin to see that people are not nice. There's a lot of people out there that are not very nice. The world's actions, war and violence, some of those things that we inflict upon each other for whatever reason, is all evidence and proof that some people will not be nice. There's hate, there's lies, and there's discard, discard for the truth of God. And what this is doing, look at these pictures. This is some of the looting and the violence going on in our cities right in the last few months in America. We see the American flag being carried upside down, probably on its way to a fire. We see the burning of Bibles. This is huge. Burning of Bibles. This is what people in the world who aren't nice, who are not working with God or care about God or anything of God, this is what they think about God. And they're demonstrating it in the burning of Bibles. This is war. Um, he says, it says, um, what does it say? It says, ungovernable. Become, become ungovernable. In other words, chaos is better than government, okay? This is like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, it's like defunding the police, like just get rid of all the police. We can take care of it. And you know, you all, you and I both know, like, do we want these people, like, do we want these people, like, policing our streets? Look at them. The minute they have an opportunity, they're stealing other people's things. Look, love would never do this. Jesus would never do this. There's a great contrast between Jesus and the evil one and what the evil one is doing in our world and how he is using people to carry it out. Jesus would never act like this. The people of Jesus would never act like this. Only people who are on the other side who don't care about the things of God, people who are being used like by the devil would do these kinds of things. This is all this is all evil. This is all evil, but but we don't have to go too far to see this uh, in our world, right? We, we see it all over the place. And what it is doing, what this is doing, and, and, and so much more in the world, is it is revealing, what it's doing is revealing the condition of the heart. And the heart is sinful. People have sin, and they are selfish, and they want what they want. We don't naturally yearn for God to tell us what to do. We, we, we want what we want. And that's what sin is all about. What all this is that's going on in our world right now is a smokescreen. You know, this is a smokescreen 
the surface headlines are a smokescreen to what is really going on. We see words, we see headlines, we see issues, we see all these things. The deception is clearly disguised in what we would refer to as social terminology. We see words out there that this is the problem, and they're usually social-type issues that are the problem. It's supposed to sound like we're trying to have unity, like it's supposed to be nice and fresh and accepting and about equality and about humanity. But the undercurrent, the undercurrent behind all this surface stuff is straight from the pit of Hades. Evil is rising. It's rising up. The unkindness of people is not about social injustice. The unkindness of people is not about black and white or pro-life or choice. The unkindness of people, the hate of people and the evil of people is about rebellion toward God. See, it's disguised on the surface in a lot of different ways. But the undercurrent that is coming from the pit of Hades is a rebellion against God. That's at the core of what is going on. And once again, the devil is using people, people as puppets to carry out his hate toward God. That is what's going on right now, okay? And people go along with this, right? Some people, like oblivious, like some people are just oblivious that they are participating in such an evil thing, a hate thing, a violent thing. Some are oblivious to their roles, but other people, other people, they willfully go along with this rebellion against God. They are lovers of pleasure, they are lovers of greed, and they are lovers of self. Jesus was talking to his disciples in Mark chapter 3. And also in Mark or Matthew 12, you can read about this. And what happens is the religious leaders in that passage are accusing Jesus of being of the devil. They are saying, Jesus, you are Beelzebul, you are the chief of the evil spirits. You are the devil himself. They're accusing Jesus of this. That's bizarre. That's just totally crazy. And Jesus is testifying that he came to bring life and to bring healing and to bring salvation and to bring truth, right? Jesus, his claim is that he came to bring the kingdom to heaven, a kingdom of heaven to earth, which is represented in love and in kindness and in gentleness and in things that are good for people. See, the devil is the exact opposite, but they're accusing Jesus of being the opposite. Talk about a reversal, right? Talk about pointing at the, the nicest, kindest, lovingest person on the earth and calling him Satan. That is so a lie. That's what's happening in our world. Just watch the news. Watch politics. This is what's going on in our world right now. But in Mark 3, Jesus is testifying uh, uh, of this. 
and, and that, that, that that would be a direct conflict with the devil's goals, that, that he came for healing and love and kindness and goodness, and, and Jesus came to lay down his life. And that is not the, that does not represent the devil. The devil is about violence and hate and discord and, and, and destruction. And Jesus is like saying, look, if, I, if I'm the prince of the devil, I am like trying to destroy my own kingdom because I'm not even doing what the devil would do. You guys are doing that. And he's, he, he's, he's not, um, Jesus speaks about how Satan, uh, Satan would be divided if he, if he, if he was doing good. Because he's about doing evil. He's about destruction. He's about attacking the things of God, not building. He's about destruction. And that, that house cannot stand if it was divided. So if Jesus is of the devil and he's doing good things, this doesn't work. This would never work. This would be a, a divided house and it would not stand. And then he says in verse 27 of Mark 3, Jesus says this, in fact, no one can enter, check this out, no one can enter a, str a strong man's house and steal his things without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Just think about that, right? It makes perfect sense. Like if you're going to go into somebody's house and steal their stuff and they're in there, you're going to have to do, deal with them first, right? You're going to have to tie them up so they can't defend themselves or you or come up against you. And then you plunder their home. That's what Jesus says. It makes perfect sense. That's what, that's what you, would, you would have to do. You'd have to come in. And so what he's saying here kind of has two different heads to it. The first is this, and most scholars agree that when Jesus says, oh, you, uh, in fact, no one can enter a strong man's house, he's talking about the devil. He's talking about Satan, that, that Christ comes to the earth, right? Satan is in control of the, of the earth for now. Jesus comes the first time, and he somewhat binds up Satan, taking back from Satan what Satan has taken from God the souls of people, right? That Jesus came to bring redemption, that Jesus came to bring healing, that Jesus came to build a bridge back to God because we were cut off by evil, by Satan, and by sin. Jesus comes, binds up the strong man. Now we have a way back to God, right? But it is also, this idea is also a demonstration of what the enemy through the world, through people, what he is attempting to do in binding up Jesus and binding up the truth and remove him from the public square. And so what we see is Satan binding up the strong man or the truth, which is Christ and God on the planet so that he can, so that he can remove them from protection and he can attack the flock. He can destroy the world. He can take down all that God has created. And so there's this kind of two-headed thing going on. Because Satan's goal is once he can remove Jesus and God from the public square, that, 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 that he debunks God, that he somehow washes away the truth of God and, and Christ and what Jesus has done on the cross. If he can do that, then anything goes. 
The world is no longer uh, guided by the truth of the kingdom of God. The world would no longer be guided by, by the truth of God's word or Jesus or morality or, or any of that. And so then anything can go in this world. And we see where the world is headed. It is moving closer and closer and closer every day to that kind of mindset where anything goes. Morality goes out the window and truth is whatever you want it to be. Whatever I want it to be, we make up our own truth. Marriage is watered down to mean whatever you want it to mean, right? Murder is accepted if the person is not wanted. Gender is no longer what God said it is. The truth of God is now exchanged for the lies of men, and the Bible is reduced to stories and fables that aren't real anyway. That's where we're at. It's an, it's an eat, drink, and be merry kind of world for tomorrow we die. And anything, anything goes in that world. And so, the, so Satan is trying very desperately to bind up and get out of the way anything that has to do with God. Anything that has to do with truth. And we're here as Christians left to try to fight and try to hang on to the things of God, and we are becoming more and more extinct on the planet. It's very clear that that's what's happening. Remember in the garden, in the garden, remember when um, Adam and Eve are in the garden and the devil comes to Eve, the, the devil comes to Eve, and remember he says, did, he says, did God really say that? Did God really say don't eat from that tree? Did he really? Like, Casting doubt in her mind. Like, like, are you sure that God said that? Are you sure? God, you know, wouldn't God want you to be free to do whatever it is you want? Isn't that God, the God you that created you and the God that you love? He, he, he wants you to be free to do anything. Well, surely God didn't say that. Like, that is the basic lie of the devil, and he just keeps using it over and over and over again. Thousands of years later, right here to our day, he's basically saying the same thing. Did God really say that? No, surely he didn't say that. You could do whatever you want. Did God really say marriage was between one man and one woman? No, oh, he didn't mean that. You mean God said that, 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 that we're supposed to, like, like hate sin? And then you're supposed to hate anything, are, are you? You know, the devil's job and what he does well is cast doubt in people's mind and get them to wash things away. Wash away the truth. Water it down till it's completely gone. That's what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy wants us, you and me, to grab hold of our own destiny. That's what he wants. You call the shots. You be you. You be your own God. Don't let anyone tell you that there are standards that you should follow, that there are ideals that, that make up our society and mankind, civil and orderly. Don't, don't let anyone tell you that that has to be that way. You have the right. You have the right to do things your way and be whatever it is you want. That's the lie of the devil, that he dis dis disembarks anything about God in your mind, that, that surely God wouldn't say these things. And that if you want to be some wild cross-dressing cougar, you know, that's your right. You be the best wild cross-dressing cougar that you can be. Nobody has the right to tell you any different 
not even God. See, that's the lie of the devil. That nobody has the right to tell you that there are standards and morals and normality. You do whatever you want. That's your normal. No one has the right, not even this so-called God. It's all lies from the devil, right? That's what it is. Working in the lives of people, causing them to not be very nice. Working in their lives, trying to drag down everyone around them. Promoting evil in the world. And also, and so the standards and the morality and the truth of God becomes erased. It gets erased. And people become unkind. They become unkind in the world. And what happens is they exchange the truth of God, which we know as our foundation for the lies of the devil, which he is promoting through people, through man. And we exchange those. We sell our soul for pleasure and greed and self-fulfillment. That's what we do. And then, then here's, here's the, the worst part of this whole thing is then these evil people, these not nice people, they point, they point their bony finger at those who stand for the truth and those who stand for godliness and those who stand for the things of God and the kingdom of God, and they point at them and they accuse them now as being the bad guys. And what happens is God's followers, believers, Christians, become the intolerant ones. We become the haters of equality. We become the self-righteous. And this reversal is happening. This reversal is upon us. It has already happened. We are living in it right now in our society, in our culture, and in our world. It is already upon us, and it is, it is getting deeper by the minute. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, y'all. In the midst of all this, like people not being nice and the evil one coming in and corrupting everything, here's the good news of all this. We know the rest of the story. We know how things unfold. We know what the end looks like. We know who wins in the end. And so all of this that's happening is a smokescreen. The devil is loudly yelling. He's got all his media people yelling for him. He's making up this big scene like, like he has conquered it all. And you might as well throw in the towel and give up because we got your number. And you don't have a chance. And light is being snuffed out. And all the while... He knows, the devil knows, that he is a loser in the end. But he has deceived enough people into thinking like he wants them to think that they think they're victorious. And what's going to happen is they lose in the end. We know the rest of the story, don't we? We know how things happen. We know that the devil, and he knows that his spotlight is temporary. And it's getting shorter and shorter by the minute. And one day, his spotlight is going to run out. He won't even have one. The victory, he knows, belongs to Jesus. And his return, Christ's return, is going to put an end to this rebellion once and for all. That's where where the devil is headed. That's where all this is going to end. Jesus wins. Light wins. Truth wins. And anyone who hangs on to it in the midst of the storm, in the midst of this spiritual war that is going on in the world right now, whoever hangs on to it, hangs on to Christ, 
is going to win with Jesus. So we stay connected to Jesus. When the going gets tough, when the going gets tough, Jesus said, some people will not be very nice. Mark my words. He said it very clearly. Watch. Jesus is speaking in John 15. John 15. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this. Check it out. If the world hates you, that's not nice. Hate is not nice. If the world hates you, Jesus says, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So the world hates you because you are now connected to Jesus, and you're going to stand up for truth and righteousness and what's good and what's godly. You're going to stand for something. The world wants you to stand for nothing so that anything can go. We can do whatever we want. And the minute you say, no, there's standards, there's morality, there's God. He has given us guidelines and direction for life for all of humanity. The minute you say that, the minute they say you're intolerant, you're a bigot, you are a downer, and you are self-righteous, and you need to die. That's what they're going to say. They're going to hate you for standing up for the things of God. They're going to hate you. Here it comes. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Verse 20, remember what I told you, a servant a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. They will not be nice. And if they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. They don't know the one who sent me. Do you see what Jesus says in all this? He's very clearly saying to them, he's saying to them, oh, sorry. Back up a little bit. Yeah, he's saying to them, Verse 22, sorry. If I had not come and spoken to them, Jesus said, he goes on to say in John 15, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I, look what he says, if I had done uh, among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen and yet they have not, and yet they have hated both me and my father, but to but this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hate me, or they hated me without reason. And Jesus goes on to say, basically, a couple things here. He says, let's back up. He says, he was hated. He said, they hated me. All the way, they hated Jesus, all the way to the cross. That is a very violent way to hate somebody, to the point of death, to nailing them, beating them, flogging them. That's violent. That's the world we're living in. That's the evil that the, the devil is promoting through people. People nailed Jesus to the cross. People. The devil used people to do this, and the devil is using people to promote Things that are not nice, things that are hateful and ugly. Why did they nail Jesus to the, to the cross? Why did they hate Jesus? Because of truth. Some people simply don't want standards. They don't want order. They don't want morality. They reject God. They don't want anything to do with a God who tells us how we should live our lives. I want to be my own God. I want to be my own boss. They prefer looting and riots and violence and destruction because they are puppets of Satan. He also says in this, some are going to hate you. Why? Because you follow Jesus. They hated him, and now they're going to hate anything that attaches itself to him. Now, how do the people who nailed Jesus to the cross know that you are a follower of Jesus today? 
They don't even live on the planet. Here's how the devil who is behind the hate then is behind the hate now. And he's going to use new people to hate on you today. So the devil is the one behind all this. And he is, he is an eternal creature at this point, And he is controlling people in every generation. They hate, they hate Jesus. They hate Jesus' followers, and they also hate his father. They hate the father. They hate God. They hate anything that has to do with truth. They hate it. He says, they hated me for no reason. Did you see it? They hated me for no reason whatsoever, only that I represent truth, and I and they, they want to be their own God, and they want to call their shots, and they want to control their own lives. Jesus is saying here is simply this. Only Jesus, what Jesus is trying to say to us is this people will not be very nice, but Jesus says to you and me as believers in Him, be nice. See, we're called to be nice, we're called to be the ones who are the sheep among wolves, we're called to be the ones who represent the truth, even when others are crucifying or stoning us. We're the ones to stand for love and kindness and grace, even when the people around us hate on us, and want us dead. Paul is sharing in, in uh, 2 Timothy, or yeah, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, look what he says real quick. Some, Paul, Paul points up some things about how people will not be nice. And this is, this is the word of God, you guys. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to just cast like this negativism on the planet because not all the planet is evil. Those who hang on to Christ are good people. They love the Lord. And there's a lot of good people out there. They're just being used by the enemy. And there's a lot of evil people out there who just love being used by the enemy. They want to promote evil. So we live in a very chaotic world. We need to be aware of that. Following Jesus isn't all mush and gush. And, and let me also say this about, about some of the, the churches that have arisen lately in the last bunch of years that sing all about the gushiness and the lovingness of Jesus. Be careful of what you're, uh, what you're participating in with them. Okay, if, if, the song, if there's, you're singing songs about rolling around in the hills with Jesus because you're in love with him, like some kind of romantic relationship that you can replace Jesus in the song with your wife or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend and, and and it still would be okay. That's creepy and it's wrong. Be careful of those things. That is not the kind of teaching that is the word of God. People who teach that kind of love relationship with Jesus that's all gushy and romantic, they don't talk about sin. They don't talk about these things. They just tell you they're deceitful people and they're trying to lead you astray. They're trying to tell you that love is all, or being a Christian is about all being like lovey-dovey and gushy, and it's not. Jesus is very clear that what's going to happen in the end is not going to be pretty, and people are not going to be nice, and, and if you're going to hold on to him, you'll make it to the end, but if you, if you follow some other way, you're going to be lost forever. And he's trying to help us realize that we need to prepare ourselves for hard times, tough times that are coming. Paul, uh, Paul says it like this, mark this, mark this, there will be unkind people in the end. He says, there will be terrible times when? In the last days, and that's where we're living in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, forgiving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power then he says, look, you guys, have nothing to do with them. And he's saying to us in the end times, people will not be very nice. It's a fact. 
God has revealed it, and it will happen. It is going to happen the way that God has said it's going to happen. And Paul just confirmed how it's going to go down, how things are going to unfold. So another warning, please be careful that you're not praying against God. You know, in this message that the, this, the, the, the false church of the world has today, people are actually praying against what God already set in motion. Like these things, he says, are the end of time. They are going to happen. Okay? So when you pray against them, be careful because you're praying against God. God is already, he already knows what's going to happen. He already sees the end. These things are going to happen. So don't be praying against what God has already set in motion and what's going to happen. Be careful that you don't do that. Don't pray against God. Pray that God will give you the strength and the testimony in the midst of the storm. Okay? Don't pray that no storms will come. We already know they're coming. They're already here. Evil is going to try to triumph. The, the smoke screen is going to get bright louder. Don't pray against what's going to happen. Pray that you will have the strength and the power by the power of Jesus Christ to be a living testimony in the midst of these storms. They are coming. Here's the other thing. So, so be careful there. John 15 Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is knowing than this than a man lay down his life for his friend. But you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Here's the good news. Jesus says, you are my friend. He didn't say you're my lover he didn't say you're my romantic partner. He said, you are my friend. And in this, he says a lot. He doesn't call us slaves, even though Paul refers to himself as a slave and a servant of Jesus Christ. And we should humbly uh, view ourselves the same way. We are slaves to God. He is God. He is creator. We are the work of his hands. He is the owner. We are not. We are the ones he made. We are created beings. He is God. We are not equal to God. We're not even close to equal to God. He calls us, though, friends. We're not servants. We're not slaves. We're not pawns. And we're not puppets. We are his children. And he loves us. And he calls us his friends. Friends with a will. Friends to choose Jesus or not choose Jesus. He calls us children of God, created in his image, and he gives us a will to choose. And I got to tell you, this word right here, it's small on my screen, but it's big here. We could go on for a long time about this if, this two-letter word, I-F, if, if, if. You are my friends if you do what I command. You know why Jesus can say that to you and me? Because he is God. And we as people need to have a healthy, healthy respect level and fear the Lord. He is the God of creation, the one who spoke things into existence. You and I are not that. We are the dirt of the ground. And we ought to have this healthy respect for the God of all creation. And the reason we love him, the reason we love our God who made us, is because he calls us his friends. His attitude toward you and me is like, he wants us to be his friend. He wants us to be his children. But we better never take for granted that we are children of God. 
or we should never overlook the fact that we are made from the dirt of the ground, and we should never uh, uh, forget the fact that, that he is the creator, and we are not. And he could crush us like a grape if he wanted to. And so we have a healthy dose of respect. He calls us friends if you do what I command. He says, love each other as I loved you. He says, he laid down his life for us. That's what a friend does. He says, obey my teachings, even if no one else in the world that's not nice doesn't. And he says, everything that I've learned from my father I have made known to you. Why? Because he is the God who is transparent. He tells us how much he loves us. He tells us what we need to know. He doesn't keep the truth from us. He doesn't lie to us. The evil one is a liar and deceitful and withholds the truth. When the going gets tough, Jesus said three things. Tough times are coming. He said, number two, they will try to destroy you. And today he says, people will not be very nice. <clears throat> Let me close. Jesus says, the King of kings and the Lord of lords says, you are my friends. In other words, I am a friend of God. And in the midst of everything that is going to happen and is happening in our world, the one thing that is going to get us through this is knowing that in my relationship with Jesus, he is my friend and I am his friend. And we are one. We are connected. And in that connection, nothing can touch you. You are safe there. You are safe there because of Jesus, not because of you, but because of Jesus. And he loves you. And in that relationship, he is a friend like no other who sticks closer than a brother. He is right there to eat for you. And he is able to save you. And he is able to heal you. And he is able to give you life. Praise God that in a world that's falling apart, in a world full of people that aren't very nice, we have a God of all creation who says, I want to be your friend. I want us to be friends. He didn't have to. He doesn't need it. He's the creator. We're not. But he invites us to be his friend. Do you have Jesus as your friend? Have you accepted Jesus as your friend? Please talk to somebody and get right with God. God bless you.